Hello, everybody. Mike Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. You can find out more about our ministry at www.lifeportoutintl.org. We release a new show every Monday and Thursday on the Charisma Podcast Network.com. Also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. We are in part two of our new series entitled Spiritual Rest. And so I spoke about the necessity of spiritual rest, that it's not inactivity, but that there's a grace that empowers us through rest to fulfill the will of God and to do extraordinary supernatural works. That rest is a state of heart. It's being engaged with the presence of God. It's being locked into his promises, trusting in the Lord, and it produces peace, joy, and righteousness in our life. It's a posture of heart where we're continually engaged with the presence of God and the promises of God, which causes us not to strive, not to stress, not to try to manufacture in our own strengths and abilities the anointing, the power of God, you know, obedience and faithfulness to the Lord. And so we talked about that a bit. I laid a foundation. If you didn't hear that episode, you can go, maybe it's three or four episodes before this, where it's called Spiritual Rest Part One, The Necessity of Rest. And so you can go there if you didn't get that important foundation. On this episode, I'm going to talk about New Covenant Obedience, so what that looks like in relation to rest and what New Covenant Obedience is as, you know, compared to old covenant obedience. And so the new covenant is a better covenant enacted upon better promises. A massive shift took place from the old covenant to the new covenant. The old covenant says, obey and you'll be blessed, disobey and you'll be cursed. Now in the new covenant, we've been freed from the curse of the law. That is what the scripture tells us in the book of Galatians. There has been a shift. We're not Um, obeying laws written on stones anymore, like an external covenant where we're just seeing a bunch of rules written down and we have to obey in our own power and abilities. Now the law of God is written in our heart through the rebirth. We are born again. Something supernatural takes place in the inside of us where we're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own son. We were once darkness. Now we are light in the Lord. And so we go out of the kingdom of darkness and bondage into the kingdom of God's beloved son. And now on the inside of us, a Holy Spirit heart surgery takes place. Our old heart of stone is removed. A heart of flesh is placed on the inside of us and the laws of God are written on our heart. The spirit of the Lord lives in the inside of us and empowers us. It says in Ezekiel, Empowers us, empowers us to live out the statutes of God, the commandments of God. It is an empowered life that we are living, not by the strength of our arm, but by the mighty spirit of God that we are now in fellowship with. We've become one with the Lord. Those who join with the Lord are now one spirit with them. That's 1 Corinthians 6.17. So there's a different kind of obedience that is spoken about in the New Testament. It's the obedience of faith. And I am going to share with you some scriptures here that will, you know, confirm what I just told you, okay? Because some of you might be scratching your head, okay, the obedience of faith, but we still have to practically, tangibly do what God says to do, right? I agree 100%. Let me just share some scriptures with you. Romans 1.5, this is the Apostle Paul, and he said, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his namesake. There it is. The obedience of faith. Now let's go to Romans 16. Just flip 15 chapters. Romans 16, verse 26. But now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Now, I'm going to keep reading scriptures. Hope you guys are cool with that. John 6 
verse 29. This is Jesus speaking in John 6, 29. He says, the work of God, excuse me, the work of God is to believe in me and the one who sent me. So this is now the work of God to believe in Jesus and the one who sent Jesus, who is the father. Okay. And now if we go into Hebrews three, into Hebrews four, it's going to tell you about the Israelites and their acts of disobedience, not believing in God. And because they disobeyed God by not believing in him, they were not able to inherit, uh, inherit the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, the promised land, they walked around the wilderness for way too long because they were grumbling, complaining, not trusting in God. And because of that, they were not able to inherit the promises that God wanted to lead them into. I'm going to read Hebrews 3 and just show you how unbelief is disobedience to God. Right there, a few scriptures I shared with you. The work of God is to believe. The obedience of faith. Okay, so when we trust God, we're obeying God. When we believe in him, we're obeying him. Okay, so I'm going to show you here in scripture now that when we disobey God, when we're in unbelief, I'm sorry, when we're in unbelief, that is considered disobedience to God. So you could read pretty much most of Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, and you can get this message. And hey, this is my podcast. I'm going to read this whole thing. So here we go. So as the Holy Spirit says... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the times of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. And that is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall not enter my rest. And that's what we're talking about here. God was angry with their lack of faith. They did not trust him and they tested him because of their unbelief and they walked and kept circling in the wilderness. They hardened their hearts in unbelief when they heard his voice. That's the reason why they did not enter into rest. So verse 12 in chapter three of Hebrews, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. That's very important here, okay? Because Right here, the writer of Hebrews, whoever it is, is saying that an unbelieving heart is a sinful heart, okay? And even in the beginning, the first act of disobedience would be Adam and Eve eating from the tree of life, right? And so that would be the first act of disobedience, which brought about the dominion of sin in life. When Satan spoke to Eve, he convinced her that God was hiding something from her, or God was not sharing the full truth, he was withholding something from her, and therefore... Because she believed the serpent and disbelieved God, she then disobeyed the Lord in action. Okay, and so every sin really begins with unbelief. Unbelief in the promises of God. Unbelief in the nature of God. That he's withholding something from us. That he's really not good. That he really hasn't blessed us with, with, you know, with every spiritual blessing. That he really doesn't have a calling or a future or a hope for our lives. And because we believe these things, it empowers sinful action in our lives. But when we trust that God is good, that he is faithful, that he does have a plan and a purpose for our life, that there is a hope even in the midst of tragedy and darkness, when we believe these things and our trust is in the Lord God, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies, when we believe these things, then it empowers us into a godly life. And so everything begins in the heart. And that is a focus of the new covenant. The old covenant is just acts of obedience or acts of disobedience in the new covenant. 
Everything is focused on the heart. Do you trust God or do you not? And an unbelieving heart is a sinful heart because it leads to sinful behaviors. But a believing heart bubbles over with goodness and the fruit of the spirit. And it leads us to obey God in the natural, to do godly works. And sorry, I just had a little uh, rabbit trail right there, but I'm going to keep continue reading. So none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as as long as it is still called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly till the end and has just been said, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all of, of those that Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned or disbelieved, okay, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear they would not enter his arrest or the promises of God or the promised land? If not, was it, was it those who disobeyed? And so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. So these last few sentences here say, were it you know all these people that rebelled all these people that you know Moses and the children of 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 Israel God was angry with them because they sinned because they disobeyed and we see though it says they were not able to enter because of unbelief disobedience and sin has its roots in unbelief unbelief is the root disobedience and sin is the fruit we can't chop down the the limbs of the tree and expect a change of behavior. We can't say stop sinning, stop smoking cigarettes, stop watching porn, stop being addicted to drugs, stop cussing at, you know, stop disobeying your parents, whatever it may be. We can't just say stop doing that and just attack, you know, and try to get rid of the sinful behavior. We need to renew our minds. We need to cling to the promises of God, get rooted in the word of God, begin to build ourselves up in the word of God and faith so that we can live a life of righteousness and holiness, okay? And so that's why the new covenant is about an obedience of faith, not about physical acts. And when we trust God and we rely on him and we believe in his word, then we could enter into the promised land, the land of his promises, which is the land of rest, Rest is a spiritual principle. God wants to lead us into rest, lead us into the promises, lead us into overflow, lead us into um, a place of blessing and prosperity and life. But we need to grow in faith. We go from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory. In Numbers 13, the 10 spies gave an evil unbelieving report the scripture says. The report they gave, they said, "No, there's too many giants in the land of promise. We are like grasshoppers in their eyes we cannot go in but it was joshua and it was caleb who said no we can go in we will conquer god said go god said conquer i don't care how big those giants are we're going to do it because god said it they had a faith-filled heart which empowered them by the grace of god to take hold of the promises of the lord and to slay those giants and to take over that land that god promised them but the other the, the 10 spies out of the 12 the other 10 spies They had an evil, unbelieving report, the scripture says. And because of that, they could not enter the land of promise. Only Joshua and Caleb, who believed, were able to enter. Okay, and so this is very important. Even in the New Testament, I'm going to read Acts 5.32 as well. We are eyewitnesses of these very things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey. What a beautiful scripture. I love that right there. In Ephesians 2, 2, it says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is now at work in those 
who are disobedient, those who won't, those who don't believe. You know, those who believe are in the kingdom of light. Those who um, are trapped in unbelief that don't believe in Christ and all he did for us are trapped in the darkness under the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is Satan. And those who are disobedient, those who do not believe. And in John 3, 36, he who believes in the son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's an important scripture right there. It's making a correlation between believing and disobeying. Believing and disobeying. Those who believe in Jesus will see eternal life. This is the work to believe in the Son, right? Those who believe in the Son will have eternal life, but those who don't believe in the Son will not see life, and the wrath of God abides on him. It says those who do not obey, though. (laughs) This is the new obedience, trusting God, believing in God. You know, the scriptures tells us and gives us a beautiful definition of what faith is, okay? I'm going to read another scripture. This is this is scripture, scripture, scripture. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, okay? And this is Hebrews 4, 2 through 3, out of the Amplified, okay? This is, it really reveals truly what faith is. What is true faith according to the scriptures? We have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they, but the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith with the leaning of our entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness by those who heard it. Neither were they united in faith with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, who heard and did believe. For we have believed, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God. We enter into his rest, Hebrews 4. And so right here, it is saying that if you hear the message, of God, the gospel of God, and you don't believe, you hear and you don't mix your hearing with faith, then it does not benefit us whatsoever. But if we believe like Joshua and Caleb, and when we hear the word, we trust in the word, then we will enter into God's rest. How many want rest for their soul, like Jesus said, rest for the weary? How many want peace, eternal peace, and not a peace that the world gives? but a supernatural otherworldly peace that transcends what's going on in the natural, how much money you have, how healthy you are, if, if you're being promoted or not being promoted, if there's good things in your life or a lot of hard things taking place in your life, that there is a supernatural peace that we could have from the Prince of Peace, the Son of God, abiding on the inside of us. We could have joy like the Apostle Paul in prison, being whipped, being beaten in a cold prison cell saying rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. He had a supernatural joy that no one in the world could have except those who are plugged in to the kingdom of heaven, to the Holy Spirit. Those who trust in God can possess a supernatural joy. And we cannot produce righteousness on our own. The Bible says righteousness, joy, and peace we can possess in the Holy Spirit is the kingdom of God. Righteousness. We cannot produce righteousness on our own. Isaiah says in the book of Isaiah that all of our works. All of our good works are like filthy rags before God. Okay. He is the one that produces righteousness in us and through us by his grace. When we trust in everything he did for us, that we are dead to sin and alive to God because of what Jesus has done, not because of what we have done, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ because he became sin on our behalf so that we could be the righteousness of God in Christ. We can't do anything to be clean, to be holy. He did it all on our behalf. Hallelujah. That is the way our soul rests. We could cease 
from striving. We could stop our own works for righteousness. We can stop trying to produce the anointing of God, the glory of God, the the pleasure of God upon our lives because he's already pleased with us because he already loves us. He can't love us more than he already loves us and he can't love us less than he already loves us right now. We are, he loves us in the same way. Jesus loves us in the same way the father loves Jesus. That's what the scripture says, okay? And so the the definition of faith here in the Amplified is the leaning of our entire personality on God in absolute confidence and trust in his power, wisdom, and goodness. It also says that those who believe adhere to, trust in, and rely on God. We lean our entire human personality on God in absolute trust in his confidence, power, wisdom, and goodness, and we adhere to, rely in, rely upon God, and we trust in him whole heartedly. Hearing the word of God over and over and over again builds our faith. Our faith is built by hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God over and over again, muttering the word of God over ourselves, focusing on the word, meditating upon the word, doing the word. This is how our faith grows. If Jesus asks you to do something, it takes faith. It takes the obedience of faith to obey in the natural realm. First, you believe his word, and then you take faith-filled steps of obedience. First, you believe his word. If God tells you to go to Africa and serve as a missionary, you have to first believe it's God and it's his will and his calling for your life. And then that empowers you through grace to go and do what God has called you to do. If God tells you to write a book, if you get several prophetic words about writing a book and you feel it in your heart, it resonates with your spirit, it confirms something with your spirit and there's you know there's peace about this, then beautiful. First, you believe it's God. First, you trust that he is calling you to do this thing. And then that faith empowers you. It releases grace into your life to begin to take faith-filled steps of obedience and actually putting pen to paper, okay? And so that's, that's how it works. God wants us to enter into rest. But just like the children of Israel, if we have an unbelieving heart, which the Bible talks about, it being a sinful um, uh, uh, that an unbelieving heart is a sinful heart. It's, it's, um, it's an it's a, a heart of disobedience. So this is this is key, okay? I'm just gonna I'm gonna end with this. That we need to understand we're no longer in the old covenant, we're in the new covenant. The old covenant focused on performance based living. The new covenant focuses on heart transformation. We must first believe with all of our heart in the Lord Jesus. We need to believe in his word, and his word empowers us to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. And through rest, when we trust, we rest. And that does not mean we're inactive. I'm going to repeat that. It does not mean we're inactive. When our heart's at rest, we can hear God more clearly because our brain's not cluttered with fear. When our heart is at rest, we have a peace. And when we have peace, we can be led by the Holy Spirit as a mature son of God. This is your inheritance, rest. Just like the Israelites' inheritance was rest. And when they entered into that promised land, they still had giants they needed to overthrow but they did it with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not with their own might and abilities because they were like grasshoppers and, and, they, and they were like giants in that land. In their own natural abilities, there was no way for them to conquer, but they trusted that their God was bigger and their God would empower them to defeat those giants. And when we trust that the, econ- the economy is not our God, our mother and father are not our God providing for all of our needs, your boss is not your God providing for all your needs. When you take your trust out of this world and this world systems, 
and you put your trust in the kingdom of God, the Lord Jesus and his system, the kingdom of heaven, then we will begin to experience rest, peace, supernatural favor and anointing in our day-to-day lives. So this is part two of our um, of our series here on spiritual rest. I hope you enjoyed it. We will have another episode or two. We'll see. I think it's going to be probably one more episode um, on spiritual rest, but make sure to rate, um, subscribe, review this podcast. We can get out to more people so they can be blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org. LifePortOutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on Amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.